What's up, guys? Coach Jonathan here. Welcome to episode 13 of the Live 100 Zero podcast. Today, we're going to talk about why shame keeps you stuck. Thanks again for tuning in. Excited to be here. As always, if you're on the YouTube, like, should, uh, subscribe, share that out. That'd be great. If you're on Apple or Spotify, five-star review, share that out. That would be great to help move the mission forward. Now, today, we're talking about shame keeping you stuck. Before we get there, though, something cool. Right now, I'm doing the Sober October group on school. Uh, at the end of October, that's going to become the Sober Synergy group. So that group is still going to exist. It is going to convert to men only uh, just because that's the group of people that I identify with and can help the most. So that's going to turn into that. You can join that. It'll always be linked up in most things, uh, whether it's through my social profiles, YouTube videos, etc. So if you want to join that or you want any more information, whenever you go to it, there's an about page. There's a little video about it that describes it before you join. Um, that'd be worth your time. So go check that out. Now, uh, today we're talking about shame keeping you stuck. This actually, someone came up to me recently and they were talking about how, you know, they had a background where they were kind of in addiction and then they got out of it. And whenever they got out of it, they felt way better. And then, you know, they kind of slipped back into it and they just didn't want to tell anybody, you know, they felt shame. That's the, the emotion that you feel when you feel like you're doing something wrong or foolish. And it's like, you feel humiliated, you feel distressed. And, and, and one of the mechanisms is you don't want to tell anyone because that would admit that you did something wrong or foolish. And, you know, I like to tell this story when I was in rehab, you know, I was there for a year the first time relapsed the day I got out. Now that year I turned 21. So when I got out, I started hanging out with some of my old friends. And at that age, you know, a lot of them were either in the workforce or in college, but we'd all turned 21. We had, you know, kind of drank together in high school and stuff when it was illegal. All of a sudden it's legal. So I go back and I'm drinking. I'd been in rehab and I hadn't told them where I was. So when I show up and I start drinking, it's normal. Like, there's no question of that. We were 21. Like, it's what 21-year-olds do, right? So, like, there was no question from them. And then I was avoiding telling them where I'd been for the past year. Like, I would tell very few people that kind of had a struggle with it. But even those people I did tell, I was like, but, you know, drinking's fine. It doesn't bother me. Whereas I knew the day I relapsed, I was like, dude, I'm right back in the same place. I remember taking that first drink after getting out of rehab that first year being like, crap. I feel the same mental, emotional, psychological pressure that I did when I was using pills, even though I just drank. Like it, it was like it had all started right back, right when I took that drink. And so, so that whole, you know, that, that was like in July of 2010. And just the months following, I would just, I just didn't want to tell anybody where I'd been, man. I didn't want to tell anybody. I was in rehab. I had a life controlling issue. Like I was addicted to these pills and, you know, because I was around all these people and they like, you know, they can drink, they can party, but they don't throw away their life the next day. And I wanted that back. Like I wanted that and I wanted to be viewed as like someone who was strong and capable, like I was going to be able to resist addiction and stuff like that. Like there was a lot of like identity things behind this. And I felt shame of explaining where I was. And of course, you know what that did? Well, it just perpetuated more addiction. Right. And then I went back to rehab the second time. And when I went back to the rehab the second time, it was because I internally was like, I'm done with this. I do not want to do this anymore. I'm just like, God, I, I remember I was in my mom's bedroom or my bedroom at my mom's house. And I was sitting there in the bedroom, looking out the window, thinking, God, if I just do whatever it is you call me to do, I won't be back here. And sure enough, you know, that's what I've been following. And here I am 12 and a half years later. Here's the cool part though. So I was in rehab, went through rehab and then worked there for like a year and a half. Then I went to college at Oral Roberts and then 
as I was getting towards the end of the time at Oral Roberts, uh, my now business partner, but friend from college, he got married. I met my wife at their wedding. And while her, me and my now wife were dating back then, I went to go meet her, her parents. So I go over to their house. It's a Sunday morning. We sit down to eat breakfast. It's her father, her mother, and then her youngest sister. And we're eating. And at this time, you know, I'm in school at Oral Roberts. Um, my, my father-in-law uh, graduated from the same school. So like we have something in common. And so he asked me, he's like, okay, cool. So like you're 25, about to be 26, and you're going to graduate with your undergraduate. What were you doing all that other time? Because I was on the nine-year plan. I graduated college nine years after I graduated high school. And in that moment, I knew exactly what I was going to do. I knew what I was going to say. However, I realized that that, that belief system is a certain type of belief system, and it breaks this shame thing. So like with shame, I got the definition right here. Shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. So like the first time I got out of rehab, you know, I didn't want to tell anybody where I was because I was ashamed. I was like, man, I had this, this behavior that I don't want to admit to. I know that I don't want to admit to it. And I feel humiliated or like, I don't, I feel like if I were to tell them, I would be looked down upon or my life would be worse. And so that's what shame does. But here's the, the thing is, it creates a loop of like, I shouldn't have done wrong or messed up. And it goes even further. What ends up happening is we look at ourselves of like, I'm too good to mess up. I'm too good to do wrong. And so therefore we hide because we don't want our ego to get caught up in being wrong or having done something foolish. And then it keeps you in that same cycle because you're hiding it. You have the consciousness of it. You're feeling distressed. You're feeling humiliated. So how do you deal with that? You just keep trying to resist, resist, resist with willpower, and you only have so much willpower. So it creates the cycle of keeping you stuck. So shame, if you don't deal with it or accept that it is what it is and admit that you are capable of doing something wrong or foolish and getting it out in the open, it just eats at you on the inside and you keep doing more of the same thing that you don't want to do. That's the loop of shame. So going back to whenever I was talking to my father-in-law, he asked me that question. I knew at that point that the, there's an inverse relationship to how much I admit to my past and how much power it has over me. So immediately when he asked me, where were you? I was like, well, I used to be a drug addict. I went through a ministry called Teen Challenge. Um, I've been delivered from that and I'm sober now. And so now I'm working on my degree and I'm going to open a gym. And it took a second for it to register, but he he talked to me later about how he valued how honest I was. And I told him, I said, hey, look, I definitely want to be honest, but I said, it doesn't have anything to do with you. The reason that I'm honest is, is when I do that, I have no shame about my past. It does not have power over any, me anymore, and it doesn't keep me in a negative loop. That's the difference of those two scenarios, and that's the difference of accepting that you are capable of doing something wrong or foolish and then trying to resist and act like you're so good that you you, you shouldn't have done something good or foolish. It's, it's a guilt-based, it turns into a guilt-based behavior whenever you do that. And all of a sudden you're just walking around guilty all the time. Now today I feel free. Like I, I talk about my past and like I tell, you know, what's happened and I talk about these stories. And, and the reason I do is because the more willing I am to accept who I was, uh, it, it has less power over me. So like if you're in a time right now where you feel addicted and you feel like you are struggling with this and you don't want to tell anybody and you feel shame, it's because you don't want to admit that you've done something wrong or you messed up. There's an identity thing in there. You don't want to expose that. It feels dangerous. It feels unsafe. And I'm here to tell you that like 
it's actually what makes us human that we have the propensity to do something wrong or foolish. Like if you go real like, like biblical, you know, that's what happens in the garden, right? Is like they did something wrong or foolish and they tried to hide it. And that, that behavior will always leave you in the loop of doing more of the same thing that you don't want to do. And it's that same loop that will also, you know, keep you from actually having freedom. It's when you start admitting it, you get it out in the open and you're willing to say, I have done something wrong. I'm capable of doing something wrong or foolish, and I did it. All of a sudden, you can actually do something with that. Now you can actually move forward because it's out in the open. You're aware of it. You can talk about it. You can say, man, why am I doing this? What's missing in my life? Why do I keep wanting this thing, or why do I keep defending this thing? So that that's the big thing about shame. It keeps you stuck, man. So just want to encourage you, no matter where you're at in that cycle, dude, get it out to somebody. It doesn't have to be everybody. You don't have to post it on Facebook. Matter of fact, I don't think that's always good because sometimes it gives you a false feeling of security because all of a sudden people say how proud of you they are. No, it's like if you get into my sober group or you talk to me about it or you talk to someone that's trusted in sobriety that has the type of life that you want to go to, that's where the power starts because then that person can understand and empathize but also help you with what's going to move you forward. So just want to encourage you guys, wherever you're at, man, break the cycle, dude. Get out of that shame. Get away from shame keeping you stuck. Awesome, guys. Love you guys. Appreciate you. I'll talk to you guys next week.